It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY, and this is State of the Arts, where we talk about all the happenings around Springfield, sometimes even around the world. But there is a bit, a lot of things happening uh, locally and around the state that we'll be able to get to today. So uh, joining me once again is Gus Gordon. How you doing, Gus? Kevin, I'm fine, sir. Thank you very much for asking. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks, uh, thanks for, for being on again. We got a we got a lot of things going on, including uh, tomorrow night a show that um, I helped uh, with filming. Uh, Thank the, you very becoming, much. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, becoming Doctor Ruth, which uh, was a fabulous, I mean, wonderful show. Uh, Felicia's great. Uh, everything all around it was it was so great. People are going to love this show. It is opening tomorrow night, premiering tomorrow night uh, through Streamyard. Exactly. Well, actually, it's a show ticks for you. Show ticks for you. I, this is streamyards what we're using. Show ticks for you right now. Right, right. But on show ticks for you, you can go to the Hoagland Facebook page, and it'll take you to a link to so you can buy a ticket, or you can go to our website hcfta.org, hcfta.org, and click on where it says um, uh, streaming shows, and it'll take you to that site. And you can buy a ticket for it. Felicia Coulter is starring in the one-woman story of Dr. Ruth Westheimer. The, the conceit is that she's getting ready to move apartments. And so she's packing up her life. And she's having a conversation with different people on the phone. She's having a conversation with the audience. And I tell you what, I saw a rough cut of this just the other day. And it came across really, really well. I would say even better than it did on stage because... The camera is right up there on the actress, on Felicia, and she's relating directly to the audience. So it, it's very intimate. You can hear everything. You can see her expressions. It's just priceless. It, it, she talks about the background that led her to become Dr. Ruth. She wasn't born with that name. Uh, she was born, um, you know, during World War II and... Um, you know, it talks about her being separated from her parents and her parents lost to the Holocaust more than likely. Um, and it talks about her journey to America, a fascinating character. Um, there is adult language, as you might expect. Dr. Ruth right. was, after all, a sex therapist. So there is some frank discussion about sexuality, um, but nothing that she didn't talk about on her radio show or on her television show back in the 80s and 90s. So nothing new there, but folks who are concerned about things like that should know that in advance. And um, but it's fascinating. She was such a, a and she's still with us, um, such a larger than life character. This this tiny little uh, German Jewish woman, and um, just with this you know bubbly personality who would talk so frankly about subject matter that most people are embarrassed to talk about, and that was her whole charm is that she could talk about these things freely and without shame or embarrassment. And Felicia does a great job with that. And um, people who grew up watching Dr. Ruth or who know about her or who enjoyed her, I think will really, really like this presentation. Felicia does a phenomenal job. It's tomorrow night at seven, uh, Saturday night at seven and Sunday at seven. It's all scheduled content the show's about an hour and a half long, so it basically means you need to tune in at 7 o'clock. You go to Show Takes For You, buy your ticket for it, and then you'll be sent an email with instructions on how to watch the video the night of. And you have to watch it the night you purchase the ticket for. We don't have video on demand services available for this one. 
And if you don't tune in at seven, the show will start without you. So we encourage people to be timely and to have that email close by and, and look through it and read through it so you know how to how to get to the, the streaming service. Um, I'm usually available. We send out information to people who have purchased tickets and I'm usually on call to answer any questions for people who might be having some issues. But um, we've done, gosh, this is our fifth or sixth presentation this way and we're getting pretty good at it and people are really picking up on how to watch it. So um, yeah, that should go smoothly this weekend. Fingers crossed. Good. Yes, I think so. It absolutely should definitely will be uh, because I mean, it was, um, it, I mean, it was great. And I didn't, uh, you know, I did, I was one of those people didn't know a lot about Dr. Ruth. I knew of her and I'd heard of her, but um, just, just looking up some clips, listening to her and then Felicia, Felicia nails it. I mean, she's great. So it is going to be a great job. And yeah. Joe Michael Jackson and John Paris directed the show yep. and Ryan Mitchley um, acted as our video director. And of course you were there with us on camera too. And it really, again, Ryan does just an exceptional job transferring these things. And it, I, it's, it's a great movie kind of to watch. It's a play. Yep. We don't make any uh, pretenses that it's not a play on stage, but it plays like something much more intimate than that. So, um, Kevin Zapp, um, Mike Kershaw uh, helped with lights and sound, and so many other people helped backstage, uh, all socially distanced. We've gotten this thing pretty down pat. And by the by the time we're going to be true experts at it, the pandemic will be over with. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is... Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> seems like it. Fingers uh, fingers crossed. That, that would be a good... Um, as theater people, it would be a good problem to have, but it is also good that we, uh, that you guys and everybody are really getting this down so that it'll be able to, um, that if we need to, or if just for a, a production for another way to watch it, you could do it and uh, it wouldn't be a, a, such a foreign thing, so. Well, good. I'm even thinking that once we're back to normal programming, that we'll probably do one or two of these a year because it opens it up to an audience who, it's a different audience. People yeah. who might not be able to get to the theater anymore because of, um, you know, health issues or our transportation issues. So it, it, it opens up, you know, theater to a new audience. So we'll probably continue to do at least a few of these. How's your show going? It is going pretty good. We had, uh, well, we've been having rehearsals this week. I had a rehearsal on uh, Thursday and we're pretty close. We're taping it next weekend. And, uh, Right. We're going to be running through it uh, next week a bit, and uh, and so it's it's a lot of different um, solos and uh, duets and trios. So there is um, a lot of uh, there's it, it's it, it's it's in a way so that we're not all on stage at the same time. You know, we're able to be socially distanced. If there are two people on stage, we can be masked if we're close together. That sort of thing. So I mean, really, it is um, it, it is is going to be great in that way, and it's also going to be filmed. Um, so, like I said, we're filming it uh, next weekend. So, so it is. It is going great. It is um, going to be a uh, talented bunch of people. Mark's doing a great job with the orchestrations on the keyboard. Um, I, I believe Jeremy Geckner is going to be filming it. So, also going to be a very, um, very well shot production. So, and that'll be in April. Uh, don't have the exact date, but April is when it is going to be premiering on. Uh, that'll be through Showtix as well. Okay. Well, you know, I think it's, that's just kind of a smart thing to not know the exact dates yet because you got to make sure you've got it taped with no right. one being compromised in some way. Um, we were bit by that a little bit at first when we had announced the show first, 
and then someone would be exposed and we'd have to wait for two weeks, you know, you know, change the schedule. So right. make sure that you have it on tape for you and that's the date. Usually a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be, yeah. Um, also with, um, uh, you talk a little bit um, in a in a minute or two here about uh, some of the news that uh, from the governor's press conference. Before we do, um, just want to also mention uh, theater in the park. Re, uh, beginning of this week, announced that next uh, they're they've postponed their season to next year um, because of uh, because of the mitigations and uh, some financial uh, outlooks. So they said, look, we're just gonna. Um, do it next year, but uh, instead of, but they aren't canceling the season. They are going to continue with all the shows that they had planned. And if people have moved out of the state or can't do the show for whatever reason, then they're going to have uh, auditions in March uh, to recast those shows. You know, that's a heartbreaking decision. I, I saw the email that Carrie Catton sent out and um, the board with theater in the park. And it is such a tough decision to make Um what other people don't understand who, who might not be active in theater, but like to go see shows. Some people don't realize how long it takes to put together, how yeah. long the rehearsal process are, um, rehearsal process is rather. And you know, you're, you're getting together, you're working closely. While it might be safe in July for the audience, it's probably not going to be safe in May for the actors to start rehearsing. Mm -hmm. um, especially a lot of the younger cast members who you know, just by the luck of the draw or kind of lower down on the list of people getting vaccinations, they're going to have to get theirs a little bit later. So while the world might look very different to us by July, these shows, same with the Muni, they have to start much earlier. They have to start with auditions in March. And right now it's simply not safe to do that. And if it does become safe to do a show in June, you just can't put these things together so quickly. Um, no. And so, and so people are going, well, I understand, you know, it's going to be good by then. Well, yes, maybe, might be, we don't know that 100%, but we, we still have to start preparing for those shows. And, and that's what people are being concerned about. And if there are still restrictions on how many tickets can be sold, it costs an awful lot of money to put on a big show. And if, yeah. if or theater in the park could only, I think the current mitigation is 25%. For an outdoor facility for their their number of tickets they can sell that's not enough to cover no. the expenses of the show and that will bankrupt an organization um, yeah. pretty quickly so there there are a lot of factors they have to to you know take into consideration but it is still heartbreaking for everyone who was in a show and everyone who was putting a show together and everyone who was looking forward to seeing some great productions and, and yeah, ab absolutely. And um, and you, you are absolutely correct with uh, the amount of time it takes to put a show together, because sure, it may be in May, June or July safe to have more people outside. But, you know, the shows would have needed to know that, like in November. I mean, so right. I mean, that's how far back. I mean, auditions are, you know, a couple months before and it takes two months, maybe a month and a half to rehearse the show. But I mean, it's the planning is well. I mean, the planning is in some cases, maybe even like during the previous season. I mean, it's it's, sure. it's a long process to put those shows together. So, um, well, you know, so for the Muni, for example, they start planning the next summer uh, during the, the current summer. And their their goal frequently is to announce their new season by August or September. And that means 
having all the directors picked, having all the shows picked. The directors have all have to have their staffs put together. So they've got to make phone calls to find choreographers and, and hair designers and lighting designers and sound designers and makeup people and costume designers. So it just doesn't happen. It yeah. has to be thought out. And that process can start a year in advance. Yeah. It really can. It can. So so that's why... Um, so yeah, that, that, that is why even if we find out in a month or two that it's fine, that's why we can't just throw the show together. However, um, I would like to talk about that a little bit because the governor had a press conference today, another COVID update with Dr. Azike, and talked about how people who are 16 and older um, will, everyone who is 16 and older will be eligible to get the vaccine by April 12th. Uh, there are some groups of people that will maybe be able to get it sooner um, and they will, I guess, just as is or a, a not like need to know basis, you know, talk like a movie term or something. But, you know, they'll let people know, hey, this group might be available, you know, next week or in two weeks. But by the 12th, that is their their date of like this is when everybody 16 and older uh, will be eligible for the vaccine. And um and they also talked about this new dial um, approach, this new dial phase where it's sort of in the middle of four and five, where um, once a number of seniors are vaccinated, once people 16 and up a percentage are vaccinated, then you can move into this new phase into phase five. And I mean, and, it's, and you know, in, in terms of theater, I mean, this is I mean, this is huge for the state in general, but also right. theater. Yes. Well, you know, um, I frequently say when people ask me about it, performing arts venues were among the first to close and will be among the last to reopen Yeah, just because in our case at the Hopeland, we have in our main theater, the LRS theater, 450 seats. And if you packed 450 people in there tightly together, now it's comfortable, but you know, that's still a lot of people. And then you have 30 actors on stage and you have 20 people backstage and in the, in the, you know, lights and sound and then another five out in the lobby, and then ushers on top of that, you've got 600 people yeah. uh, around that space. So, you know, it, it's going to be a while before we can get back to that. Now we might back to 50%. So that might be a possibility. And I certainly hope it is. And once the percentages increase, it'll be more likely for groups to start doing things. And, and what it will take at first is for people producing these events and shows just to be very fiscally prudent. And um, so the shows might not have as much glitz when they come back as they had in the past. Um, again, because it's just a math thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. You can't spend, you know, $10,000 if you're only going to make five. But if you're going to, if you spend 7000 and you make 7500 you know, then it becomes, okay, well, maybe we can do this. Right. And I think, um, and, and I mean, even speaking of that, I think no matter how much glitz or whatever is in it, I think people are going to be excited to go back to the theater again and watch a show. So I think um, e either way, I think it's going to be people are going to be excited to come back in whatever way they can. And if more people can get access to the vaccine and uh, testing as well, I think te testing has been, you know, you can get a test much easier than you could, you know, months ago. But right. yeah, I mean, the more people that can get vaccinated um, and the, and they've been, uh, I think this, I don't know, the CDC or somebody, I, I remember reading and uh, uh, hearing, listening to some audio of how there was, uh, they're beginning, like at the very beginning of attempting to um, see uh, 
you know, children's vaccinations. Um, that's very early in, I mean, but, but still, I mean, 16 and older. Um, oh, the other thing they said also at the press conference is, um, even though the vaccine is rolling out, this does not mean you stop wearing the masks. It doesn't mean you stop socially distancing. Um, you know, it, this, this is still, this is like, if all those things are still met, you know, it's, it's still, uh, it's still a bit to get there, uh, but sure. that's, yeah. yeah so, so that I think that will work, um, and that'll that'll be. I mean, I'm hoping it works that we get there with the vaccines. More cool. people can get them as the vaccine has been rolling out more and more and more the past couple of months. So, looks it's looking pretty good. Uh, you know, good outlook there uh, from right. the press conference today. Well, that's great news, and thank you for sharing that. I hadn't had a chance to hear the press conference yet, but I yeah. will certainly look it up and um, listen to it myself too. But thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you. And we got the uh, um, also before we head out here, I want to also mention the STC has been continuing to do their master class series. The next one is on Saturday with Mary Young, um, and it is discussing um, creating a culture of consent through intimacy direction in theater. We've discussed this a little bit, um, how, you know, those those intimate moments on stage um, as yeah. good as people, you know, can act to make those, you know, it's, they're, they're, you know, it's part of a show and uh, there's, you know, you know, people have different boundaries. So it's, that's going to be a very good discussion. Right. And that's a very good point. Um, people, you know, have different, different um, ideas of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate in a setting like that. So having guidelines, so everyone is on the same page is very vital in today's world. And I really applaud uh, STC for bringing this topic up. Mary, of course, is just a wonderful person, a wonderful performer, very smart. And, um, and, and she's researched this. So I'm very interested to hear what she has to say. And we need to start thinking that way. So we mentioned this once too before, Kevin, so much in the past, you know, if, if someone has to kiss another person on stage, that can be awkward, especially if, if one of them is in a relationship and the other one's not and they don't know each other and they're shy about it. And they just say, well, let's just not do it in rehearsals. We'll just do it when we get on stage. And that can be a disaster yeah. when you wait to do something like that for the first time on stage. So treating it like adults, talking it through, saying, here's what we're going to do. This is what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. It's just kind of what we have to do in this day and age. And yeah. It is a good thing. It's and you know it's it's there is the stories of um you know that we've both been in shows where it's been like yeah well you know we'll kiss when we get out to, we'll get you know when it's like Tech Week and then yeah. it's Monday at Tech Week and it's like well we don't know yet and then there's and then I think even probably you know worse is when uh you know talking about boundaries when when one person is a little more gung ho about doing a kiss or something on stage than the other person and that's that is uh, that is where you get to that big no no territory. Like, and, and this so. kind of thing will eliminate that. Yeah, will eliminate the embarrassment, the awkwardness, the bad behavior on some people's parts. So you know, it's it's time. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. Um, and so that will be this weekend. All of the previous ones, I believe, you can watch online, including the one last weekend, which I did not get a chance to watch, and I have to go back and watch it. But you were part of it, and uh, I know you have a a little uh, a, a little bit. I know you wanted to talk about it. Well, you know, Mike Isaacson um, is a Broadway producer, and he was their special guest. Mike also runs the St. Louis Muni. 
and he has done a brilliant job growing that organization over the past 10 years. And he just shared his time with us. He talked about, you know, what they're doing uh, going forward with their season this summer, and they are going forward with their season. He talked about, you know, making, you know, I don't, I don't know that this gets iffy. I don't know that a, a organization can demand that someone's been vaccinated, but they can strongly encourage, I believe. But they're talking about ways of how they can go forward. And um, they talked about how they pick their shows, how they cast their shows. And I think a lot of us in central Illinois have grown up or enjoyed going to the Muni over the years. And it's kind of neat to hear their behind the scenes story. And he was excellent. And um, again, kudos to the Springfield Theater Center for putting this masterclass series together. They've had a lot of winners, you know, just hit it out of the park. And uh, the, the Muni discussion, the St. Louis Muni was very interesting. Yeah, it sounds it's I really I do want to go back and watch it because I, I couldn't. And I was like, ah, I can't do it that day. So that those so those are all available. So you can watch that one. Uh, then you can watch uh, the ones that, that Reggie did one. Uh, Natalie Randall used to live here in Springfield, now lives in New York. Um, and then there is the first one was um, with Gail O'Neill and Vidya Sonderation. Um, and that was uh, similar to what we, we just talked about, some of the COVID, uh, you know, re, you know, going back into theater in the age of COVID. And uh, and it's. And it's all, all very good discussions. Definitely recommend you guys go check those out online. And uh, in the meantime, though, then there are still a couple classes coming up. Uh, hashtag Be Fearless with Joss and Banks, Strength and Vulnerability. That is March 27th, World Theater Day. And then um, What's Next, which is Exploring Performing Arts in higher education and beyond with, uh, again, Natalie Randall and uh, several other local faces you recognize, such as Seth Wheeler and Anna Benoit. Um, and that's, uh, of course, performing uh, in higher education with theater. And so that'll be cool to see because that's, a, yeah. We've had a lot of um, very successful performers go on from Springfield to have careers. And it is so great to get their perspective. Like Anna, Seth, of course, works at um, U of I at, um, at their theater there. And um, it, it's it's great. And Natalie has just been very successful. And yeah. they're all so accomplished. And we'll learn a lot from that um, masterclass as well. Yes, we will. So that is um, so those are all coming up. And uh, and also um, then, of course, this weekend, Mary Young. But if you uh, want to get tickets to see Dr. Ruth, that is tomorrow. You can get them uh, through show ticks for you not StreamYard. <laughs> but um and uh and for you.com dot com uh and search the whole and it'll come right up you'll see felicia uh on the poster there so uh so yeah so that is uh so uh break a leg to everyone i i already saw it i know it's taped to break a leg anyways um thanks be a great wonderful production gus thank you so much for joining me and we will do this again next time it's a deal see you later kevin see you later it is let's talk arts and entertainment on wmay